This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's another beautiful day for baseball in Los Angeles. And baseball podcast. Josh Schaefer and Blake Harris cover everything Dodgers right here on Inside the Ravine. How is it going, everyone? And welcome to a brand new episode of Inside the Ravine. Joining me this week, as always, from beautiful Pasadena is my co-host, Josh Schaefer. Josh, we were actually able to get you out of the Ontario Rain offices, but the only, the only way to do that is to make sure we record at the crack of dawn, so uh, good morning to you over there. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. You know, you can take a man out of the office, but you can't take the office out of the man. Um, yes. No, actually, I, I, I would much rather be recording here, but... Um, so I mean, I'm, I'm just glad that we can do this in the morning. Um, I, I wish that there were better things to talk about, but here we are. Another yeah. episode of The Sky is Falling. Yeah, it's been a while since The Sky is Falling, but we have our, our first in about a month or so. But before we get to all the awful things surrounding the Dodgers, make sure you guys listen to the show wherever you guys get your podcasts. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the Odyssey app. Make sure to also follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all in all at Inside the Ravine. You guys can also watch and subscribe over on YouTube. Find us over there at Inside the Ravine. And also, Josh... You also can uh, leave a voicemail. If you're a Dodgers fan right now, you're frustrated with how the team's looked, how the bullpen's been managed, all of that kind of fun stuff. If you want to voice your opinions, just talk about the Dodgers, you guys can give our voicemail hotline a ring, 323-736-1815. In future episodes, we'll play your calls as part of the Q&A. So again, if you have a question or just want to babble and share your frustrations, that's the place to do it. But Josh... We're going to talk about a couple of things, but the first thing that I want to discuss is last night's game, and we don't have to go too in-depth on it because not a whole lot to talk about. I guess the biggest thing, first off, is that Freddie Freeman finally hit the 300th home run of his career after, like, sitting on it for a couple of games and coming up just short numerous times by hitting it to the warning track, so he finally gets that, so that's the high of yesterday's game. But the rest is a bunch of lows because I tweeted this out, Josh, but I don't think I've ever seen this in a Dodgers game, let alone a baseball game, is that a team takes an immediate two-run lead, then proceeds to fall behind by seven runs, then proceeds to come all the way back in just, I think, two innings to make it a one-run game, and then proceeds to lose the game by eight runs. So, I yeah. Yeah, Josh. Yeah. I don't know what the hell that was. Yeah, yesterday was a tough one. I mean, when you score eight runs, you should not be losing a game. Um, of course, you can say the same thing for the Twins the other night, you know, in, in, in that last game that we had talked about on the show, um, a 9-8 extra innings affair. But look, I mean, in this one, 
the Dodgers, you score eight runs on the road, you lead two nothing early in the game. You're thinking, if I if I was telling you about the game, you would think the Dodgers probably won by a lot. But when you find out they lost and gave up 16 runs in the process, I mean that's something we haven't really. It seems like we haven't really seen in a while. And and, and the bullpen just couldn't get it done. Obviously, Julio didn't have his best stuff, and then the offense came back and picked him up, and then the bullpen let us down again. So, um, yeah, I mean it's kind of just been it was kind of just a back and forth game. Um, where you're coming back and you're not coming back and the other team's scoring a bunch of runs. So definitely uh, not a great game and definitely not a good way to start off a series, especially. Um, but, uh, you know, the Dodgers, we talked about this. These next couple couple weeks, couple games here could be a gauntlet for them. So um, not a great start, but definitely not a lot of uh, positives to take away from a game where you give up 16 runs and the pitching is is now got a huge question around it. Yeah, I mean, in in a three-game series against the Twins, where we'll we'll be talking about the bullpen next, but they needed Julio to eat as many innings as possible. And early on, it looked like he was going to do that through two scoreless innings, and then gets to the third inning. Things just completely fall apart for him. Allows four home runs, I think six runs in total. Josh, here's a uh, fun bar trivia you know, if you ever want to whip it out there uh, in Old Town Pasadena. But Julio became the first Dodger pitcher to allow four home runs in a single inning since good old Ben Wade in May of 1954. So, Oh, Ben Wade. Yeah. Good old Ben Wade. So it had been some time. So a historically bad inning for Julio. It's been a bad season for Julio. He's now allowed 14 home runs this season, which is tied for the most in all of baseball. I think last year he allowed, I want to say 20 for the entire season. And we're only one fourth of the way through this season. His ERA is also 4.39 now. Um, this is a, a very, very, uh, bad season for Julio. Unlike something we've seen from him in recent memory, where this guy has been consistent. He's a guy that goes out there, gives you six innings, allows two or three runs. And that's what he gives you every start. But this year he's given you some of those starts, but he's also had a number of starts now where he's just not had it. Things have just blown up for him. Uh, it doesn't sound like he was tipping his pitches last night at all. He was just throwing pitches down the heart of the plate, giving him juicy, juicy meatballs, and the Cardinals were capitalizing. But yeah, a month and a half, Julio has been the Dodgers, I guess you could say the second worst starter, with only Noah Syndergaard being worse because Kershaw's been better. Dustin May, you know, when he's been out there, has been better. And Tony Gonsolin and his five or six starts, he's been better. So Julio, he's been a weakness so far of the starting rotation. Yeah, he has. And you know what? I mean, you look at the two the two starters that haven't, you know, given us what we've expected. And it's, it's Julio and it's Syndergaard. And for me, they're two players that are kind of getting beat in, a, in very different ways. You know, Julio, I feel like hasn't really been getting knocked around too much. He's just given up so many home runs this year, which is so out of character. And then somebody like Syndergaard, Syndergaard just gets knocked around. I mean, teams will rally against Syndergaard, base hit, base hit, base hit, double, double, all of a sudden a bunch of runs across the plate where Julio has been, you know, I'll strike out the first two guys and then give up a bomb. And then, you know, the next guy gets a base hit and then the next guy gets a bomb. And it's like, all right, well, see, see, that's how they're doing their damage. But right now, neither one of them have been great. Um, and I think that that's been what's been most surprising about um, the, the pitching staff, or the, at least the rotation, because coming in, we both expected Syndergaard to have a bounce back year, um, especially working with Mark Fryer and kind of having that same impact that, Andrew Heaney had and Tyler Anderson had and, you know, other pitchers in the past have, have had when they come to the Dodgers. 
Um, and it hasn't been that. And then Julio, especially after last year, it's been kind of weird to see because, you know, in some sense he's been really good and reliable. And then in, in another way, he's given up so many home runs and it's been really surprising. So I, I think he'll figure it out, but, but last night certainly wasn't encouraging. Yeah, I mean, I'm just taking a quick look at Julio's numbers and his strikeout numbers, the exact same as last year, actually slightly better. His walk numbers, better than last year, exactly the way they were in 2021. And even his hits per nine innings, I mean, last year was fantastic. He was only allowing 6.5 per nine innings, but the year before, 7.3, 7.4, this year, 8.6. So he's essentially just allowing one more hit per nine innings, which isn't awful, but you you can find easily what the issue is. Uh, his home run rate per nine innings. Going back to 2019, Josh, here's his home run home run rate per nine, 0.8, 0.8, 0.9. Last year was the worst of his career at 1.2. This year, it's nearly doubled at 2.3. So yeah. that right there, that's the issue, the home run. So if he can bring it down, I think he'll be just fine because, again, he's not walking, guys. He's allowing just barely that many more hits. But, yeah, hopefully Julio can turn it around because – the Dodgers are desperately going to need him in the starting rotation for a reason we'll talk about later in the show. So. Yeah, yeah, um, they, they definitely do. Um, and and I, like I said, I think he'll figure it out, but, but his last start certainly wasn't encouraging. Yeah, you know what else isn't encouraging, Josh? What? Having your bullpen go, I think, about 26, 27 innings over a four-game span. So we're going to transition to the bullpen now because – you know, in the last episode, I think we were talking about how the bullpen had so, been so dominant over the last couple of weeks. Monday wasn't a great outing, but the next two games, a whole lot better for the bullpen. But this has been a four-game stretch where the bullpen has had to eat innings. I think in the Twin Series as a whole, they had to pitch They had to pitch 21 innings. Obviously, last night, they had to go five after Julio was yanked early. And everyone, and I mean everyone, is just being worked. Just going back to Monday, Josh, Shelby Miller, four innings. Dylan Covey, four innings. Yancy Almonte, two innings. Victor Gonzalez, two innings. Evan Phillips, two innings. Phil Bigford, four innings. And then you got Andre Jackson with three innings. Justin Brule with three innings. Bruce Dark Ratterall with almost two innings. And Caleb Ferguson with an inning. This is the last thing you want. You want all your guys fresh. You want your starters going deep into games. And the Dodgers haven't been able to do that. And they don't have an off day for about a week and a half, so I don't even know who's fresh at this point anymore. Yesterday in the game, Phil Bigford, his velocity was down a couple of ticks, so I'm not sure if he's fully recovered from, I think that was Monday night, when he went full hero mode, so the bullpen, they have injuries, they have guys that are hurt, they have guys that are throwing every other day, and hopefully, again, at some point, a starter can go deep and preserve some arms because if for whatever reason today, Josh, we're only able to get four or five out of our starting pitcher and you have to turn to the bullpen for four more innings, it's just at some point, things might really hit the fan for the Dodgers at this rate. Yeah, I mean, things definitely uh, aren't looking great, and especially when you look at how deep some of the starters have gone in the last few games. I mean, you start with, of course, this this game the other night against the Cardinals that we were talking about, um, and uh, Julio did not go very deep at all. Um, only what the three innings, and then the game before, you know, let's not not even the game directly before the Dodgers. You know, they win seven three. Um, the team, the starting pitchers just haven't gone very deep. So, like you get Dustin May who goes 
one inning and leaves, and that's obviously a, a situation in itself. Kershaw goes four innings the other night and gives up two and gets chased. And then you go back to the Syndergaard game. Syndergaard lasts four innings as well. Um, and that was a game when people were thinking, okay, Syndergaard's going to come in and needs to eat a lot of innings here. So you've got Syndergaard and Kershaw going four, May goes one, Julio goes three. Um, and that's just not enough. And, and I know that, you know, I don't want to harp on the starting pitching too much because starting pitching has actually been a bright spot for the team this year. Um, it's, it's part of the reason why the team's, uh, the, by by the teams, you know, as a whole, the, the team ERA has been pretty good this year. I believe over the last two games, it's fallen out of the top 10 in baseball. But for, for pretty much all season, it's been in the top 10, if not even higher. Um, the team's also top three in the league in strikeouts per nine innings, top three in the league in walks per nine innings on the good side of walks, low. Um, but, you know, these last couple of games certainly haven't helped when you're about to go through a really tough stretch of games. And you're not going to have an off day for quite some time. So when the starting pitching isn't, you know, helping out the bullpen, the bullpen can't help out the starters. There we go. I was muted for some <laughs> reason. I was going fully in depth and I, I don't know why I was muted. But yeah, you know, the bullpen, they, they've been good all year. It's just the concern is you overwork them too much. Injuries, they, they could potentially happen because... It seems like every pitcher on the Dodgers is battling something at this point right now. And the last thing you need is for some of these key guys in the Dodgers bullpen to potentially get hurt because there are some guys that have been really solid so far this year, but they're guys you weren't necessarily expecting to be good. Obviously, Evan Phillips, he's been fantastic as per usual, but guys like Caleb Ferguson, Victor Gonzalez, um, those two names especially, They've been fantastic for the Dodgers, and they've been relying heavily on those two guys to be their, you know, high leverage arms. So you want to make sure you preserve their health. You don't want to make sure anything happens to them. But one final thing on this bullpen, Josh, to to talk about: if we thought Alex Vesia was making a case for the worst uh, the worst arm in the bullpen, I think uh, Yancy Almonte might uh, be in the running now because his horrible, disastrous season continues. He got lit up last night. Uh, he took over for Andre Jackson and. First off, I know a lot of people in last night's game were criticizing Dave for his moves late in the game, and I don't know what he was really supposed to do. Like, Andre Jackson came in, I think, through three scoreless innings, then allowed a couple guys to get on base, and Dave ultimately decided to pull him, so that I have no problem with. Maybe going to Yancey Almonte, that was a little questionable, because on the season now, Josh, his ERA sits at exactly 9, his war is minus 0.4, and even the advanced numbers, they can't back him up. His FIP is 6.74. It's just It just hasn't been a great season for Yancey Almonte. His strikeout numbers are down from last year. His walks are triple what they were last year. 18 innings, I guess that's still kind of a small sample size. But I don't know. What do you do? Do you send him back down and hope he could turn things around like Alex Vesey has kind of been doing? Or do you maybe just ride it out and just pray that he kind of recaptures what happened last year. I mean, you look at his last two appearances, you know, against the twins on Monday and against the Cardinals on Wednesday. Um, what day of the week is it? It's now Friday. So I guess against the Cardinals on Thursday um, and seven runs all earned six hits, three bombs, two walks and one strikeout in an inning and two thirds over his last two games. That, that itself has felt like how the season has gone for Yancey. Um, so it, it, it's disappointing. I, I think we're getting close to 
send him down, let him figure it out because right now it's not working. Um, and the Dodgers need it to work because the bullpen was a, a lifeline for the team last year. Um, and, you know, when the team was starting to get hot and starting to get rolling and surging in the, in the baseball power rankings, uh, got to the best record in the NL, and they had the long win streak. It was the bullpen that was keeping them in these games. Um, and the offense was finally starting to click. Pretty much everything was clicking right there. And the bullpen was a huge part of it. Um, and, and the Dodgers need these guys to get going because I've been saying all year, Yancy Almonte is going to figure it out. Like we, we've seen how good he was last year. Like he's going to figure it out right now. He, he's just, he's just not there yet. And maybe the Dodgers have to do something to help him get there. Yeah. And I, I looked up his, his peripheral rankings and the advanced numbers, they don't back him up either. The only thing he's doing well this year is his hard hit percentage. I guess that's a positive guys are hitting the ball hard off of him, but Everything else, ninth percentile expected batting average, 11th percentile expected slugging, 10th percentile in strikeout percentage, 21st percentile in walk percentage. Um, he is just getting nothing. Guys aren't chasing. His fastball has no spin to it. So it's been bad for Yancey. Again, maybe a trip to OKC would be good for him. I know Alex Vesia, I believe his first outing there, he got lit up. But I think ever since, he's actually been really good. So... Maybe they call Vesia in exchange for Yancey Almonte and he can figure things out because they just really need him. Because at this point, like I mentioned, they're having to rely on Victor Gonzalez and Caleb Ferguson. At some point, you would think they might, you know, regress just a little. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll continue to be solid. But the Dodgers desperately need Almonte if this bullpen is going to be solid. But we are going to take a quick break, Josh, when we come back. As if the bullpen didn't have enough issues, we're going to be talking about something that might be even worse in the starting rotation. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. All right, Josh, we're going to wrap things up by talking about the Dodgers starting rotation, what exactly they're going to do. Uh, on Wednesday, you know, they played a day game against the Twins, very early first pitch about at noon. I'm in line at Splash Mountain, and I get a text from my I get a text from my cousin. Yeah, Dustin May is out of this game after one inning. And I'm going, uh, what do you mean he's out after one inning? And she's like, I, I don't know. So I go to Twitter and everyone's, you know, panicking that Dustin May's day is done. Apparently his velocity was down like two ticks and he exits the game after one inning. The official diagnosis for Dustin May was a flexor pronator strain. Now, Josh, we went to college. Can you explain to me what exactly that is? <laughs> yes. So let, let me call a friend who is in athletic training. And then I'll talk about it. There we go. So that doesn't sound good. I think the Dodgers, when they officially placed him on the IL, they said it was a forearm strain, I want to say. But according to reports, the hope is that Dustin May misses only four to six weeks where you hear forearm strain, you hear this never-before-heard word in flexor pronator strain, and... That doesn't sound enticing. That sounds like a potentially season-ending injury. So 
I guess there's some sort of hope that Dustin May can return slightly before the All-Star break, maybe right around the All-Star break. I guess that would be best case scenario. But Josh, we have to, you know, strap in and realize there's a potential that things don't go 100%. Dustin May can miss more time, potentially the rest of the season. And if that's the case, uh, this is a Dodgers starting rotation. We talked about it earlier in the episode. Julio's been struggling. Tony Gonsolin already missed a couple of months. And now you have Dustin May, who is a TBD. It could be a month and a half. It could be the rest of the year. Uh, what do the Dodgers do? Yeah, well, I, I think I, I think they have pretty much one place to turn right now, and it's Gavin Stone. Um, he has already, you know, been called up and made his debut. It wasn't great, um, but but I think that that's okay. I think second go around, he'll be uh, a little bit better. Um, obviously I think that in this situation, uh, people are, might, might be wondering, well, where in the world is Ryan Pepio and Pepio is still out. Um, Dave Roberts has said that he probably doesn't expect to see, um, him until probably the all-star break as well. Um, so that, that's kind of the timetable, um, for our guy Pepio. Um, and then Bobby Miller's, he, Dave Roberts said, Bobby Miller just isn't ready yet. So I think you turn to two guys right now, Michael Grove is with the team. Um, but I don't know if that's the answer moving forward. And I don't know if Dave thinks so too either. So I think that the answer right now is probably um, Gavin stone. And, you know, he, he hasn't had a phenomenal year um, in the minors, um, but he's coming off a couple of good appearances. And I think that the Dodgers, you know, you give him a second opportunity with the big club, give him a more expanded role see what you can get from him because I think the Dodgers need him to be good. And I think that that's the move that probably makes the most sense. Yeah. Gavin stone. I I think I didn't, I don't think they officially said like, that's going to be our guy, but that does make the most sense. His last outing in Oklahoma city, 5.2 innings allowed two runs, but did strike out 10. And yeah, his numbers haven't been great so far this year in triple A, but if you go and you take out his very first start when she got absolutely lit up, he has posted a 2.73 ERA yeah. over his last seven starts, so that's actually pretty solid. Obviously, didn't look great when he made his debut, but you know you can't ask for a whole lot when a guy makes his debut. Because, yeah, when you look at the other options, like you mentioned, Michael Grove, which I, I wrote an article yesterday, Josh, talking about potential options, and I was like, well, there's Michael Grove, but nobody's seen or heard from him in like a month and a half, and to be honest, I didn't even remember Michael Grove was placed on the IL. I thought he was just down in the minors, but apparently he got hurt at some point. And then, yeah, yesterday, Dave's like, oh, yeah, he's here. He's with us. He's on the taxi squad. But, yeah, I don't think the Dodgers necessarily want to use him in the starting rotation. They called up yeah. Andre Jackson yesterday. He ate innings out of the bullpen. He's the guy that can give you length, but he hasn't been great this year. I don't think the Dodgers want to use him. The one that just sucks, though, is Ryan Pepio, because obviously we talked to him this offseason. He talked about how he was ready. He was ready to do whatever was asked for him. And we talked about how he'd probably have an everyday role on the 26-man roster, because if he wasn't in the starting rotation covering for, like, Tony Gonsolin to begin the year, whenever these guys would come back, he would probably shift to the bullpen and be, like, that Ross Stripling kind of role where if you need some guy to give you two or three innings out of the bullpen, he could give you that. He still has this oblique injury that, like you said, Dave pretty much ruled him out until the All-Star break, which just absolutely sucks because the dude literally made a start like three days before the season even began. And the injury itself sucks, but the fact that he probably would have been in the starting rotation from opening day until at least the All-Star break because he would have taken Tony Gonsolin's role. 
then he would have taken Dustin May's role. So that does suck for Ryan Pepio. I mean, you got to really feel for the guy. But yeah, those those are your realistic options at this point. And again, Bobby Miller, a lot of people are calling for Bobby Miller, but I think he's only made four starts in Oklahoma City this year. I think he made four starts in Oklahoma City last year. So you want a little more than eight starts at the AAA level, and he also hasn't really been that great at the level. So Gavin Stone, come on down. You're the guy. Yeah. Yeah, and and Pepio, the status on Pepio is that he's throwing, but he's not really throwing. He's just playing catch, um, and he probably won't be throwing off a mound for a little while either. Um, so that's why they're thinking All Star break due to that due to that uh, the, the soreness on his side and and the oblique injury. Um, Bobby Miller just hasn't been great in in AAA. I think there's still a lot for him to improve on. He's got a plus five ERA in a couple of starts in Oklahoma City. So um, that's got to get a little bit better. Um, and, and then, yeah, I mean, for Michael Grove, I suppose that that could be an option. But I think right now the Dodgers, the reason they have him up is for the bullpen um, because that's another issue that the team has. And you got to try to figure out, you know, how to how to plug these holes right now. Um, so I think Grove to the bullpen, Stone to the rotation is probably your best option. Um, and then at this point, just stay healthy because Gonsolin's been good. Kershaw's been good, um, but you can't afford another injury at this point. And those are two guys who have been a little bit injury prone in the past, really going into the summer, the Dodgers can't afford, you know, another, you know, um, another bad break for the starting rotation, um, let alone the bullpen, but the Dodgers can't afford another injury. And if they do, I, I think that maybe forces somebody's hand a little bit. In, in needing to go out and, and acquire another starting pitcher, especially if it appears as if Dustin May is going to be out for even longer. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to, you don't, you don't want to assume worst-case scenario, but again, Dustin May, there's a chance he misses the rest of the season. Tony Gonsolin is a very, very injury-prone pitcher. We've already seen him miss a couple months this year, missed a couple months last year. Julio, usually he's good when it comes to health, but he's been struggling so far this season. You got Clayton Kershaw, who's by far been the best starter in the rotation, but you know at some point he's going to go down with probably another back injury, and if he's down for the count, I mean, things can just you know take a turn for the worse, especially if you're not getting much production out of Gavin Stone. So for right now, Dodgers are kind of fine, but when you have to think big picture here, there are some concerns there, and like you said, Josh, if things don't really smooth itself out over the next couple of months, you might not be able to afford waiting until the trade deadline. You might have to start making calls in June and early July before the All-Star break and seeing if there are any starting pitchers available because you want to make sure that by the time September and October roll around, you have, you know, at the very least, three guys that you 100% can rely on. You would like four and right now, for the Dodgers, it seems like if the playoffs started next week, Kershaw might be the only guy where you know exactly what you're going to get because everyone else at this point is uh, one one big question mark. And by the sound of it, from a couple days ago as well, something I didn't mention, uh, it doesn't sound like Dave is too optimistic that Walker Bueller returns this year. Walker Bueller's, you know, expecting himself to return. I think he said September 1st is his goal. And Dave Roberts came and said, oh, he said that? Uh, we've heard different things, but... Good for him for thinking that. So Walker Bueller, a guy that we are potentially relying on to be back in October, he might not be there as well for the starting rotation. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like what you said. Maybe this isn't a, com a complete the sky is falling episode, but it's a the sky could be falling episode. So, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly hope that the, these guys aren't as long or out as long as they as they could as they could be. Um, 
especially for somebody like Dustin May, who's been through so much. For me personally, I've kind of just ruled out Walker Bueller in my head. I don't want to worry about that. I think deal with who, who you've got with you right now, because that was something that we talked about too. I mean, we had people sending their hot takes and someone was closes out game seven of the World Series for the Dodgers, Walker Bueller. Like, I, I'm going I'm to rule these out for now just because he's not here. He, he's still trying to get back to where he once was. Um, and the Dodgers have pieces right here but these pieces need to stay healthy. And right now they're, they're in a little bit tougher of a situation, but look like who knows what can happen. If any of these guys are out a little bit longer, let's say we get to the all-star break and, and, and Pepio comes back and who knows about Dustin may, but um, let's say Pepio comes back at the all-star break and maybe by then, you know, Gavin stones look good. Maybe by then they think Bobby Miller's ready to give it a go. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, we, we have to pump the brakes a little bit, but that's where the situation is currently with the starting rotation depth wise is looking very, very thin and the bullpen over the last couple of games, the outlook is a little bit more bleak than it was a couple of days ago. So that's just kind of how it is, but they can't afford any more injuries, even though it's only May. The Dodgers started in rotation entering the postseason. Clayton Kershaw, Julio Urias, Ryan Pepio, Gavin Stone, and Bobby Miller. Yes. ride. We ride with Walker Buehler coming out of the pen to close the ninth. Give us that world. Give us that world. So the Dodgers, they have six consecutive games remaining before they have their next off day, but obviously three more against the Cardinals who are heating up. Then you go to Atlanta for three games. Then you go to Tampa Bay for three games. So this upcoming week and a half is still going to be a gauntlet. It's going to be tough tough for the Dodgers. Just Tony Gonsolin. I believe Tony Gonsolin is starting today. Give them five. Just go five innings. We'll take that. Give some length. Let the bullpen rest. If not, well, Josh, maybe we'll do. This guy is officially falling in a couple of episodes because, like you just said, it's this guy's not falling yet. But we have the binoculars out and we we can see it. We we're, see it in the we're distance. We're looking up at the clouds. Yeah. Yeah. Fully. Don't maybe, there you maybe go. don't use your binoculars and look at the sun though. That sounds bad. Yeah, that that sounds bad. But all right, Josh, let us wrap it up for uh, this week's episode of Inside the Ravine. Again, you guys can listen to the show wherever you guys get your podcasts: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Odyssey app. And you can also watch the show on YouTube. Make sure to follow us on social media at Inside the Ravine. And, uh, sorry, I was I was blown away by Josh's stretch there. That was a very intense oh. stretch. I mean, that was I like, my back crack. Did you hear <laughs> yeah, it? <laughs> I, I lost track of what I was even talking about there. I think I'm talking about the socials inside the ravine on Twitter, Instagram. It's, I mean, that looks like a, a really comfortable stretch. So like you probably feel a lot better good. than you did 20 seconds ago. Oh, it was a oh good stretch. God, great. I'm ready to go for was, a run. There you go. That was a great stretch. So again, make sure you guys follow us over there. Hit up that voicemail hotline. Let us know your thoughts on the Dodgers and everything. For Josh Schaefer, this has been Blake Harris. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And as always, enjoy the rest of your day wherever you may be.